0: I'm Lester Holt. We feeling good? Yeah, let's do it. Let's f-ing do it. We are here to discuss a new Friday dateline, and it was a f- banger. And so let's just get right into this. Kate, tell me... Wait, oh my God, I forgot about the description. Okay, and we're going to give IMDb a shot just today, though. This is one and done. Description is... The investigation into the mysterious disappearance of Canadian limo driver Dwayne Demq sparks an international manhunt for an elusive killer with multiple false identities. That's not bad. I mean, I look, I sat down and tried to think of a KMDB description for this, and I was like, I can't do it because all I want to do is talk about, make a reference to the jet skis, or Angel, or this, or, you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't, too much. I couldn't do it. it too it's much. too much. There's too much going on. Here is Keith Morrison. Hosted by KM. So, Kate, what did you think?
1: Well, you texted me at one point and you said, Kate, it's a return to form. And I agree. Yep. It is. Yep. This is a classic. Um, this could even be considered maybe an all timer. Yeah. I agree. And it's really confusing and hard to follow, but I still feel like it's an all-timer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It is extremely hard to follow, but it is such a good... Because it almost feels old school in the sense of the shit that this guy was able to get away with. I mean, we'll talk about that in detail, but I don't know if it's because it was set half in Canada. But there is a lot of stuff going, I cannot believe he was successful at this type of con.
1: Yeah. In 2012. It's like catch me if you can, kind of. Yes. Although. Yes,
0: it is. Not as sexy. Well, no. I mean, that's what's funny is this guy's not sexy. He's got like a funny posture and stuff. Like they call him James Bond. I almost feel like we're chasing James Bond here. This doesn't even make sense. I'm not trying to say that James Bond never rode a jet ski because actually he did. You were the first jet ski, and it was called a wet bike. But when they say they're, like, chasing James Bond, I'm like, and maybe Jim Bond or, like, if Danny McBride played James Bond. Yes. Right?
1: Although, I think Danny McBride is very sexy.
0: Oh, yeah. that I didn't mean that as a diss to Danny. Absolutely. He's more at home on a jet ski.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right? That makes sense. You wish you had my life. Okay, so our story
0: starts in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Did I say the right order of those? I don't know.
1: Yes. Calgary is the city. Alberta is the province. Canada is the country.
0: Sweet. So province is their word for state. I think so. Okay. So our story begins there in 2012. No, 15. 12? 15.
1: I don't know where it started. He started doing stuff in 2012 and they didn't find him till... Yeah.
0: This whole thing took place over three years? Don't ask me. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk big strokes because I can get lost in
1: details and still a lot of details are missing
0: yes yes this
1: episode is so weird
0: yeah it's wild okay this is a boom this is a boom all right so canada maybe 2012 there's an explosion in a parking garage a good samaritan takes his phone out starts recording because he sees some goofball running out of the parking lot trying to hide something in his shirt. Quick as a wink, pulled out a smartphone. So this is pretty smooth. Were you happy about this guy busting his phone out?
1: Yeah, it's very quick thinking.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's quick thinking. If he hadn't done it at all, I would not have held it against him. I guess I'm bummed that he put it down. It's like, dude, this guy's too terrified. He would not attack me. This is just good for the future Dateline because he's not going to do shit <coughs> Don't you wish he kept filming him? If he had chased after him and made a scene, I understand the fear. We don't know if this guy's a killer. I mean, he is a killer. But, but do you know what I mean? I
1: do, but I would not have done that. You would not have done it.
0: Okay, that's fair. I'm a
1: lady. She's a lady.
0: Yeah, I guess you just, you see those sandals he's rocking later in security footage? I don't, I just, I don't feel threatened by this guy. I suppose it's my issue. A
1: Canadian in sandals. Yeah, I
0: don't know. I'm just like,
1: eh,
0: he's not going to do anything. Okay, it turns out there's a car on fire in the parking garage. And they have a picture of the car mid-fire. What were you thinking about this fire? It
1: was very contained it didn't spread much yeah. beyond that trunk. No, and they... There wasn't an accelerant, I guess. Well,
0: the problem was that the trunk was shut, so it couldn't spread without oxygen. Right. Boy, did they love wagging their fingers at that. Whoever started the fire really didn't know much about fires because they started the fire in the trunk, but when they started the fire, they closed the trunk, and when they closed the trunk, they eliminate all the oxygen, and the fire goes out. Yeah. To which I say, if they heard an explosion, that means it was a timed bomb, and that's why he ran off. So, like, I'm sure he expected it to burn, but I don't think he set a fire in the trunk and then shut it. You're right. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Because that would be dumb as f-. I mean, even I know that, and I'm not Mr. Wizard over here.
1: And he got away with a lot of stuff, so it feels like he would know. Oh, yeah.
0: This guy. It was a bit of an enigma. There's a lot said about this guy he gets in his own way or he's too smart, but he's got some good moves, and we got to give him a little bit of credit along the way. I mean, a lot of it's luck, but I mean, I don't know. Okay.
1: He's got moves that I am actually surprised aren't used more often. And maybe they are, and we just don't hear about it. But in yeah. terms of yeah. like I sneaking across the border and stuff. He's a ghost,
0: this guy. He certainly is a ghost. So the cops are trying to find out who this car belongs to. Now, luckily, because there was not a big fire in there, there's a lot of stuff still in the car, including a lot of papers and also a hell of a lot of blood. Okay? And this is where the first chapter of why this episode f- rules is because good old Luminol pops into the equation. And there's a lot of it. Anytime we use Luminol, I'm just giddy. I'm just like a little kid. I'm just like, woohoo, it's the magic trick again. There was so much Luminol or luminous from the, the amount of blood in the car that you could pretty much see it from space. It just glowed. Wow.
1: Did you notice what else was uh, in the car? No. What? A Blu-ray of Skyfall. What?
0: Oh, wait. I did see a Skyfall thing, but I didn't recognize it as a Blu-ray.
1: I thought that was a piece
0: of paper. Was it a blue?
1: I think it was a blue. And they didn't make any James Bond connection there, which is a missed opportunity. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. You're right. Because
1: they showed that Skyfall thing like 10 times.
0: Kate, you're right. I did notice the Skyfall thing, but I not until you just said it did I make that James Bond connection. <laughs> Yeah, well. That's good.
1: Shame. That's a missed out. Shame dateline. Yeah.
0: So we find out that this car belongs to Dwayne Demkiew. Wild pronunciation on that last name. The last three letters are K-I-W, and you pronounce it Q. Huh?
1: Canadian. That's pretty wild. Is it Polish? I don't know.
0: I don't know, but this guy was built like a magician. What do you think? He had a real magician vibes to me.
1: Dwayne did? Two
0: ear- yeah, two hoop earrings, little pudgy, super bald shaved, big old smile. I don't know. I could see him doing tricks.
1: I could see him playing bass in a wedding band.
0: Oh yeah, yep, yep. Maybe give him a mm-hmm. little this little goatee right here, a little, little soul bit. Patch, okay. Now we're two talking. Hoops. So they find out this car belongs to Dwayne Demq. And meanwhile, elsewhere, friends of Dwayne Demq are wondering where is Dwayne because he was at a birthday party the night before with a close friend, and he was going to go drop off his car and come back, but he never did. Now he went to go drop off his car at three a.m. Would you go back to a party at three a.m.? Uh-uh. Right?
1: I mean, I wouldn't even be... Yeah, I would have left wouldn't. that party <laughs> at 8 p.m.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Dwayne is missing, and we talked to Dwayne's friend, Kalia, who's a real character, and I got thoughts on Kalia. I need to know what you think of Kalia.
1: I thought she was cute. I liked that she was acknowledging that she had a, a lot of dudes into her, and... She knew the power. She knew the power, but she yeah. friend-zoned Dwayne pretty hard. Yeah. He always was respectful of my relationships, but... He did have a crush on me. (laughs) Despite that, you know, they still hung out all the time and...
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is my concern with their friendship because he had it elsewhere with uh, Angel as well, another girl that we'll talk about. Uh, But she would make him dinner a few times a week, okay? Now, if you are just friends, that's something that if you're dating, Kalia, you just got to deal with that. But also knowing that this guy is in love with your girlfriend... (laughs) I would I might be like, dude, what's that? Don't you think so? Did he know? Yeah. I mean I assume that he knew that she he had a crush because f- Keith Morrison knows. Right. He I hear had quite a crush on
1: you. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Maybe the boyfriend just thought Dwayne was harmless.
0: Yeah. And maybe he was because, I mean, he sounds like a great guy in all these scenarios. Like all my, all my worries are just based on other assholes. I suppose he was friends with, with his exes. And like, he seemed like a good dude. He tried to tell Angel to drop this loser that we're going to be talking about soon. Mm -hmm. Right. He said, get rid of him. He's trouble. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, we meet Dwayne's brother, Darren. He's also worried about his brother. And we meet another Darren, but we're not going to call him Darren. We're calling him the cowboy because that's his name. Mm. Great dude. What'd you think of this guy? Um, you, Great name. Yeah. He looked at, I mean, he was rocking. The, he did the thing, right? Like he did the cowboy stuff. It wasn't just like he wore the boots. Like they had pictures of him doing rodeo.
1: He was the real deal. Yeah. And Keith called him laconic.
0: That's a good word. Laconic.
1: Ooh, a laconic Canadian cowboy.
0: Ooh. That's fun. So the Cowboy's worried about his buddy, Dwayne, and he knows that he works at Revolution Limos, so he decides to Google it. Turns out Dwayne's work is right around the corner from his house. So the Cowboy decides to do a little detective work, and this is where we got a patented at-one backstory from Dateline where they gave us a little juicy thing about their past so we can get a little character in there. And what was it this time, Kate?
1: I don't remember.
0: Encyclopedia Brown, boy detective. And
1: the Cowboy wondered, What would Encyclopedia Brown do?
0: It's just classic dateline beginning of the story stuff. I just ate it up.
1: Fair, yeah.
0: So the cowboy finds out his work and decides to swing over there to see what's going on. Empty parking lot at Revolution Limo, and there's a planter by a door. And inside this planter is a sheath for a big knife, which we find out is a machete, actually, and a North Face hat. And so what does the cowboy do, Kate?
1: He treats it like evidence.
0: He treats it like a crime scene. Preserve the scene of the crime. And so, he decides to hang on to this stuff in hopes that, like, maybe this is connected to it somehow. And it ends up being, like, boom. Awesome idea.
1: You just collected evidence that would eventually help explain the mysterious disappearance of his friend, Dwayne demke So
0: far, the plan is working for everybody. Even the killer guy. The killer
1: left these on purpose.
0: Yes! Okay, so... He gives it to the police, and they do their search for cameras. Like, they're thinking parking lots, we're going to have a few angles here. It's in 2015, and what do they get? One. One camera that's, like, been bumped and goes out every once in a while, and it's crooked. Yeah, it's garbage. But we, they've got one angle of the parking lot. So they're, they're getting that footage. They also have footage of the night before of when Dwayne dropped off his car. Now, look, this is semantics, okay? But when I saw that footage of him dropping off his limo, he drives party buses. He's not a limo driver, I mean,
1: uh, right? Well, technically, I think those party buses are considered a limousine. Are they really? I mean, this is not a
0: diss against party buses. It just feels like it's not the thing that he's driving. He probably has a fleet of different kinds of vehicles. So you think limo is in there somewhere? But look, it could be a Canadian thing. Like maybe they call all rented cars limos or something. Maybe. What do you think? I wish I knew a Canadian. So the cops get their hands on the security footage from the night before from inside. And they see Dwayne on camera dropping off the car about 2.50 a.m., dropping off the bus, and then walking out. And this is where they think, I mean, Dwayne must have been attacked right as he, like, right as he left the inside of this garage. Yeah. Because they, oh, and, okay, when they watched the security footage... Of the parking lot overnight kate and we saw the guy on cam walk by once walk by twice i'm super intrigued i'm on the edge of my seat i'm going oh this is good stuff okay do we see that figure walk up to the trash can again he lifts up the trash a little bit and then he gets in <laughs> and he goes to a dumpster he opens the lid to the dumpster and he crawls inside and he closes the lid what i i Lost it, Kate. I, I I, did not see that coming at all. When they
1: said he got in, I blew up. He laid in waiting. Yeah. And as soon as Dwayne came out that door, he must have jumped out of the dumpster and rushed him.
0: Yeah, and, like, like, that's the thing. We assume so because the tape cut out because they were, like, there were power outages, blah, blah, blah. So the point is, we don't have it on camera. They're just assuming that he was scoping out his, like, attack point. Now, I already have a billion questions about this. Like, how did he know it was going to be the guy that he wanted to kill? How did he know he'd be getting back at 3 a.m.? Like, he really planned this. He
1: must have followed him. Yeah,
0: yeah. I just, I can't, what, we watch this and a lot of times we'll watch it with our arms crossed and going like, duh, we know this, duh, duh, duh. Okay, never in a million years would I have thought he was going to get in that trash can. Oh, it, it really did sum up the joy of this app. So this mysterious figure pops out of the trash can, kills Dwayne, we assume, throws him in the back of his car, gets rid of his body and his car. And we're assuming because of the amount of blood that was in the back of the car, Dwayne is most likely dead. Yeah. The police still don't have any leads, like they don't even know where to start. So they're just looking at the loose paper that was in Dwayne's car. One of the names on a piece of paper in there was Angel Shalafu. And it turns out that she had already been interviewed the day before uh, by the missing persons people. So they already had a taped interview with her. So they pop this in and we meet Angel. So Dwayne and Angel used to date, and they said it was a common law thing. Is that a Canadian thing? Does that happen here? What if you just live with your girlfriend for seven years? Do you have to call it a common law? Like what? The, what's that it's mean?
1: my understanding that you don't have to, but if you choose to for health reasons or tax reasons or other things, that you can. Oh. You can argue that okay. it's common law
0: but i guess that makes sense because i i only know it as a joke in baby mama dax shepherd says that we're common law married or whatever mm. my girl rocks my girl is not rock okay so they watch this tape with angel and angel 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 in an episode full of characters and just wild stuff this is the secret all-star
1: Angel. Oh, okay. secret Angel's all-star. F-
0: what, you, what, you think it's obvious? Oh,
1: I just don't think that you've referred to an all-star as a secret yet.
0: Okay, I suppose we'll wait till we get to the end, but they were putting the wrong emphasis on the stuff that made this case because I think it begins and ends with Angel and her shooting a video of her sh- boyfriend a year and a half ago. It all boils down to her just being a normal person. That's just my boyfriend being silly. Here's a little video. So they watched this tape of Angel. She's telling him, well, it might be my ex-boyfriend, Robert. Uh, he hated Dwayne because we hung out too much. He even said that Dwayne's the reason why we didn't work is because I hung out with him too much. So you might want to talk to him.
1: Dwayne said, Angel, get rid of him. I'm worried every time you're with him.
0: <laughs> and they're like, the lady goes, can you describe him for me? And she says, what What do you mean describe? And I'm going, well, f- this is trouble. <laughs> what, what do you mean, what do you mean? Right? I'm like, oh, this is not going to go anywhere.
1: We don't want his personality breakdown. We want his visual description. Can you describe Robert to me? Describe him. How's yeah. Like, Tell hey. me what he looks like. And then she says, well, you know what?
0: I got a video of him here on my phone. I'll just show you what he looks like. So she takes her phone out and shows this video that we see a billion times on the show of him just climbing on some playground for 10 seconds.
1: Oh, he's so goofy. What a goofball.
0: What a goofball. Oh my God. And this, oh, I love it. I love it. Because this is a guy who, he's clearly been a con man his whole life, or has always been very aware of not being recorded. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And you know in his head, when his girlfriend takes out her camera, he's thinking, I gotta remember to delete that later. Right? You know in his head, he's going, this is bad. This is bad. And it, sure enough, it came back to bite him. And I, this is this is why it's so tasty to me. Because Angel, without it, with just being a normal, nice person, brings this all crumbling down. And I, I just think it's so delicious an irony that it's her because you got to agree with me when we see angel and we hear angel i mean she's so like timid and canadian and nice it's almost so much so that i'm almost suspicious that she's in on it
1: yeah right she does seem very sweet and like nerdy (sighs) and quiet
0: so nerdy yes but in the most adorable way and i don't mean that in a condescending way either i i i loved it I just, uh, just because the evilness of this. And I, I always wonder in situations like this, I guess con men date because it, they can fold it into their lives, I suppose, right? Like it's part of their cover yeah. that they have a girlfriend. Because I'm trying to justify why they bother. Like and they just want to have sex a lot.
1: I guess it does humanize them, makes them seem normal and that they can fit in places if they have a significant other. But yeah, it does seem like it could end up being more of a hassle since it'll come back to bite them yeah
0: and like if you're a sociopath or uh, whatever like you don't need other people to like you so i guess it's maybe a power trip that they need you or something well we'll get to that later okay so they bring angel in again and they go all right angel we're gonna show you a little video here come over here pop a squat next to us with our old ass laptop okay watch this and they play the video for Angel. And what does she say when she sees this video? And this
1: is the video of him leaving the parking garage post car blow up. Yes. She knows it's him immediately just by the way he walks.
0: Just because that awkward ass posture is with this like bow legged whatever going on. I think that yeah, she spotted that it.
1: is a skill that a lot of women have. I know that. I can spot specific people from like a football field away in a crowd of a thousand just based on posture and their walk and their gait and their overall silhouette you just know if you love someone enough you just know
0: yeah that's true so
1: she says "Ah, that's it
0: oh wow
1: god I hope not but
0: would I pin that as him if I was walking down the street and think hey Robert yeah I would probably do that and they even asked like out of 10 and she says eight just to be sure but like you said she knew right away she knew because that's probably him that's probably him when they're watching this cell phone footage he's wearing a north face hat he
1: looks big he looks like a big guy yeah yeah
0: then angel said this his hat is a north face it's the exact hat that the cowboy found outside of revolution limo
1: with the machete sheath yes And you might be thinking, okay, well, a North Face hat, there's probably a million of those, especially in Canada. Yes, but it wasn't a knit cap. It was a baseball cap with the North Face logo, which is not common. Good point. Why would you wear that? Why would anyone wear that?
0: Yeah, because it's not like it's covering your ears or anything. No. Yeah, that's a really good point. So now we've got a name, Robert Aubrey Maxwell. That's Angel's ex-boyfriend, and that's our number one suspect. Good luck. Good fucking luck, exactly. So they're looking. They send off the cap and the sheath for DNA test. And even the DNA peeps are like, listen, this, this, we got a backlog going. Like, who knows when we're gonna get to this. So the cops are looking for him, and they can't catch this guy, but they see him on security cams throughout the city. Like, they piece him together, and they see him, and they just miss him. And then they find out that, okay, he, he has a white truck registered in his name and this truck is located at an abandoned parking lot with a lot of tickets on it so it's clearly been abandoned and what kind of shape was this truck in
1: well first of all they found the truck really far away in vancouver that's like really far and the truck looks like a bait car it's oh big it's in perfect condition it has the windows slightly rolled down and an iphone in the console like please come in and break into the car and take this phone and it's got all the tickets on the windshield
0: the truck is wiped down they find no fingerprints no nothing except In the bed of the truck was a chewed piece of gum and a used fork, okay? So, they take this used gum and this fork, and they go, well, maybe there's DNA on this, right? Maybe, but they're looking at this truck. Like, they are astounded at how many steps this guy went through to get caught, but to get away. Like, he's clearly thinking ahead of this. Like, he wanted this to get caught so that other people's DNA would get all over it.
1: It might as well have had
0: an embossed invitation. Steal me, please. If that phone had been in a case, I might have stole that trap. But it was a free-floating iPhone in a little cup holder where, like, the back chrome is all shiny. It's like, come on, dude. Come on. And the keys were in it as well. So he wants this truck to get stolen.
1: And I'm thinking, it's obviously not going to get stolen because it looks like a trap, but also, it's Canada. They don't steal.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So the detectives get... The results back from the hat and the sheath, they do find DNA on there. However, it's not Robert Aubrey Maxwell's. It's an unknown male one. So they don't know whose DNA this is, but they're hanging on to it. They take that gum and this fork, which are, these are the ones where they're like, this could be absolutely nothing, but why not? So they send off the gum and the fork because they're going, people could walk by and throw in the fork or whatever. But what they're thinking the gum is, is that the person driving it threw it out the window and then it flew back in. Right? Like you do with a cigarette in planes Trains. Mm-hmm. And it lit on fire. The driver of the vehicle threw a gum out the window and the wind blew it back into the box it of the tr- truck.
1: Came back in. Right.
0: That little part too, I was just like, Ah! Oh, you're playing, dude! You, you flicked your gum out the window and it went in the back! Okay. They send out the gum and the fork, okay? And during this time, attached to the truck was uh, like a tow thing to carry a boat. What the hell am I looking for? A hitch. A hitch. There we go. And so they the, the hitch is registered to these people. So they go over to the owners and say like, this is your hitch, what's the story? And they're like, oh yeah, this guy, we were selling a jet ski and he tried to buy it with a phone and stuff, but we just wanted cash. But we sold our jet ski and the guy just had one question and it was- How far
1: can this thing get on a tank of gas? Which is
0: just awesome.
1: Awesome. He only asked one
0: question and the question he asked was, how far will this jet ski go on a full tank of gas?
1: And immediately, immediately I'm thinking he was trying to take that jet ski across the border.
0: Yeah. That makes sense to me i'm really stupid about geography so i don't know if it's possible to jet ski from one place to another like that but clearly it is because he right like there were 13 miles in between that border and elsewhere right
1: so well there's a little peninsula and the tip of the peninsula is actually considered part of the united states but to get to it you have to drive it's it's isolated It like if you live in the tip of that peninsula and you're in your car, you can't get to the rest of the United States without going back into Canada and around to the border. So if you're on a jet ski, that's really close to the border. You can just pop over and you're technically on U.S. soil. Now, from there, because you have to get back into a car, it only makes sense that you would then take a boat because then you don't have to cross back.
0: You can totally get to the mainland US undetected and not have to go through US customs again.
1: Wow. That was an interesting route.
0: And so they're like, well, it's 13 miles from our coast to the U.S. So let's go out there and see if anybody's found an abandoned jet ski. And so they're looking around. And then a few days later, they do find an abandoned jet ski that floated up to one of these islands. Mm -hmm. And so he he made it somewhere because they found this jet ski. So so far, escape worked. I mean, this is pretty impressive, huh?
1: Again, it just seems like surprising that nobody's thought of that before. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, anybody from any country could fly into Canada and take a jet ski down across the border. Yeah. Why don't they? It's
0: a good cue. I guess you got to get the funds for the jet ski, I suppose. Probably cost a couple grand.
1: Oh, right. Money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so funny also that he wanted to pay with the phone, to which I, at that point, I would have said, no sale, leave. Mm-hmm. Right? If anybody ever tried to pay partial with a phone... Get the f out of here, dude. There's no way this is legit in any way, shape, or form.
1: Yeah, but also think about the kind of people who are like selling jet skis. (laughs) Well, I think they're willing to. I hope I'm coming after people selling jet skis. I think they're willing to barter with electronics. I think that fits.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. Specifically, a phone. If it was a camera or something, I'd get it, but phones are so tied to a person's info. Like, it'd be no fun to have a hot one, because it's, I don't know, it's, you'd have to do the jailbreak bullshit. Like, it's a pain in the ass. Like, wh- what would you do with this phone, is my point, other than sell it to someone else?
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Sweet, sweet. Uh, okay, so now Robert Aubrey Maxwell has made it to the U.S., presumably. So the detectives, they don't know what to do with themselves. So they're talking to Angel about, oh, okay, so this is why also part of me wonders if there's going to be a part two to this episode in a few years where it turns out that Angel was in on it with them. No. And that they're a fucking couple. Like, they're f***ing... Carla Homolka and Paul Bernardo, also Canadian, by the way. Like, it's one of those terrible people that get together, dude.
1: No, no, no. I didn't get that vibe at all.
0: Because her vibe was so the opposite. She's so genuine and so authentic i feel but
1: couldn't that also just be she was targeted because she seemed like an easy person to take advantage of and it was more convenience rather than she was in on it
0: yes yes but i will offer this when they asked her where she thought he would go she told them oh he's afraid of the states he said he would not go back
1: he was always saying how worried are the states he wouldn't go
0: back to the states she was quick to say he speaks spanish he'd go to mexico she had that waiting kate kind of sounds like a misdirect to me because he didn't go to mexico what do you think no i don't know this is why i attach secret to the all-star because it could so quickly become a twist where it's you I mean you can't be a bad guy and get the all-star this is against the rules of the All-Star Is order. it? Yeah. You can't be a bad guy and get the All-Star. Come on. Have we had a bad guy yet that's deserved it? I don't think so. No.
1: Okay, so she's a tentative All-Star.
0: Well, I mean, but this is a this is a reach. I mean, if she, if she was involved, it'd be crazy. Because it, it, she is just so nice and normal. And that, that's why I just love her so much. So they... Oh, so this is crazy, okay? So they got those results from the sheath and the hat. It's an unknown male. It's not Maxwell. They get the results from the gum and the fork. The gum DNA matches the unknown male that's on the sheath in the hat. So it's also not Robert Aubrey Maxwell, but it is the same guy. So they have the DNA of the person doing this, but they don't know who that person
1: is. Or at least they think they don't.
0: Right, so, but at the right, I mean, this is where your brain's going, what? To not have a match in the DNA, but to have it match another unknown DNA? Oh, I mean, these are the kind of hits that you're looking for when you're watching these shows, right? I just hear that and I'm like, oh, oh awesome, <laughs> awesome. Oh, okay. Uh, so they are dumbfounded. They don't know what to do with this info. They've got DNA on a chewed piece of gum and on a murder weapon and a hat. And they are stumped. And so, look, this is why I got to give credit to these detectives. Well, one, they're nice dudes because, again, I assume so because they're Canadian. But they seem pretty chill. Yeah, they're fine. They had some humility because this is embarrassing. And I'm glad that they said it because this is why I'm still giving them credit is that They asked someone else to take a look at the case, and they said, look, when you get fresh eyes on something, this is what happens. And then the other guy comes in and goes, hey, how do you guys know that the Robert Aubrey Maxwell you have on record is the real Robert Aubrey Maxwell? You don't know what he looks like. And they go, oh my God, that's it, that's it. So they realize, oh my God, he's not Robert Aubrey Maxwell. Who the is this guy? Right. (sighs) Okay, so this is all unfolding. and I mean, they are blown away by this, and I'm right there with them, because it's pretty impressive. So they do some digging. On Robert Aubrey Maxwell. Like, he had a history of drug abuse and he was, uh because he was like homeless and living on the streets and like had a rough go of it. And he was very familiar with the law. Like, they knew him from drug offenses and stuff. Like, he's a guy in the system. But they noticed that three years ago, something happened where he stopped coming in. Like, he wasn't a problem anymore. What happened there? So they realized that a few years ago, there was a missing persons report for Maxwell. That his grandma was like, hey, I haven't talked to my grandson in a while. Do you know where he is? So they do a wellness check and they find out, they talk to Robert Aubrey Maxwell, because on a check that was attached to something, it was to like a glass company, right? Yeah. So they find out, they connect to Robert Aubrey Maxwell, and he says, I'm working at this glass company. I don't want anything to do with my family. I'm done with them. This was back in 2012. And the cops at that point said, okay, uh, sorry, grandma, he says he doesn't wanna talk to you. Grandma took that as fact, said, okay. The search stops. And unfortunately he's not listed as missing any longer. So they find a picture of Robert Aubrey Maxwell in their files of one of his drug arrests, they send this to the grandma. And the first thing that grandma says is, that's not my grandson. Eh? We're not crazy. Yeah. I mean, as this is happening, you're popping, right? Like, you're like, oh, this is it. <laughs> this is the good stuff. Yeah. Oh. I mean, when they said that picture thing, I love that shit. I don't know who that is. Oh, I don't know her. So the cops discovered that he stole this guy's identity.
1: And they presume that he killed him as well.
0: Yeah, killed him. And somehow, and this is where it comes in where I just go like, is this a Canada thing? Are things done differently? Is how he was able to get proof of ID. Like they said, he got a passport. That's the hardest thing to get. He got all this shit. He did. And not only that, he got it
1: again in the
0: United States. Yeah, I, how did he do that? I, I didn't think that was possible anymore.
1: My mom couldn't even get her real ID until like the third try because she was married at one point and they needed her birth certificate, but they also needed her marriage certificate and then proof of divorce and all this stuff. And it was like, exactly how is this guy just coming across the border and getting United States IDs?
0: That's a great question because that, that happens with mom money too, where because her last name is changed from divorce and whatnot, like it's been a hassle and every time it's like well you have to prove that you got married and then divorced and then read all this and it's like it's uh, this guy kills a drug addict and it's like boom i'm in now i'm gonna buy a truck with his name
1: yeah what i can only think that crazy maybe it is easier in canada and then if you already have all that stuff in canada it's then easy in the united states with your canadian information so the cops
0: have this unknown male dna and what they really want to do is get into codis like the Nationwide System, they want the FBI to plug it in. But the FBI's like, yeah, we'd love to help you, but you don't have a name.
1: But a name, of course, was what Robertson was hoping the FBI could
0: give him. So they go back to their greatest source of information, the angel tapes. And they hear that Jason, or Robert at the time, talked about going to Washington. So they go to, like, Washington's DMV. They show the DMV the pictures they do have the mugshots they do have, and they're able to plug it into a system that would then cross-reference it to all the photos in the system and assign them a number value between point zero zero and 1 of how likely it is to be the person that they're looking for.
1: Right. Facial recognition in a way that I guess we didn't realize was being used. I didn't realize that. That the DMV could do that. So now it seemed the entire investigation was riding on the Washington State DMV facial
0: recognition search. So finally, this Washington DMV cross-reference app says, like, well, there's a the, the rating it got was a one. So it was like. Basically, it's a 100% chance that this is the guy you're looking for. And it was. It was the it guy. It was.
1: Right? It had his same jowls and his same weird mole on his cheek. Yeah. And no matter what weight he is, I guess it's going to recognize that. Yeah,
0: that's true. This is when we find out that before he was Robert Aubrey Maxwell, he was Jason. And I'm just saying Jason. His official... Name before then was just Jason.
1: Yeah, like Cher?
0: But even Cher's driver's license, I'll bet, has a last name on it. Even Cher's. That's why I'm so baffled is, why are you allowed to do this? Are you? We meet this Jennifer woman and she starts dating this guy named Jason. This is like in the mid 2000s. And of course he's great because he's doing all the easy stuff, opening doors for her and she's like swooning. And she looks at his ID and he says that his name legit just says Jason.
1: His legal name was Jason and that was it. He got his legal name changed. Why? Why so his driver's license said Jason? And his last name was blank, like McLovin. Yeah,
0: yeah. What kind of a stupid name is that, Fogel? What are you trying to be, an Irish R&B singer? And she's like, "What's up with that?" And he goes, "Oh, well, I don't have a good relationship with my parents, so I don't like to remember them." And she bought that. And again, I go, "No, you can't. You can't do that." Uh, The DMV let him do it though.
1: Why wouldn't he just pick any name if it's about his parents?
0: I mean, it's clearly this guy's playing the long con. I mean, that's where the catch me if you canness of this comes in, because I feel like he's planting seeds for what he wants to get up to later in life. So he's like, "If I could do this without a last name, this will." help me out that's kind of smart because it it did work
1: he and jennifer got married and he took her last name stedman right okay so now
0: he's named officially jason stedman it's not robert robert maxwell and that's who he is today is jason stedman by the way we still don't know what his real last name is no
1: at no point in this episode did they ever tell us where he was born what his name is who his family is. They don't know who he actually is. They're looking for him everywhere. They can't find him. We,
0: we talked to Jennifer. Not only did Jennifer marry him and Jason took her name, they had a kid together. So there's a stretch of time where there's photos of him burping a baby with a shirt off or whatever because he's like Mr. Suburban Dad or whatever. So they're like living that life. And he was fat. Okay. Okay, Kay. You knew this was coming. Yes. Because this is another wrinkle that we get into is we see old mug of Jason Stedman,
1: and he's probably another 100 pounds thicker. This man, I want him to release his diet and exercise routine. Thank you. Because, thank you. I mean, Ozempic and Wagovi have nothing on him. <laughs> he could change <laughs> his weight. At the drop of the hat. Like, 250 pounds, down to, like, 140 pounds.
0: When I say that he lost weight, I mean, it, it's shocking, and all I saw was a mugshot. Like, it was so much weight that you could tell in his face that he lost triple digit of weight.
1: His jowls were sagging.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, it was so much so Keith had to say something, but he didn't say enough, in my opinion. Jason, much heavier at the time. Oh, no Keith. I want to know the backstory here, okay? Because dude got big. Now, is it like we're saying, did he go to jail and he plumped up because he was comfortable or whatever? Like, is this an extreme case of that? Because they find a very early headshot of him where he's even thinner and he looks like Craig Kilborn all of a sudden.
1: Oh, wow. I haven't heard a Craig Kilborn reference in a long time.
0: Well, there you go. That was just for you. Good talk. I'll see you out there. But do you know what I mean? Like, they show him again and he's he's even skinnier back then than he is now. And somewhere in between then, he was also 300 pounds. Like, I don't get it. And... Kate, we're forgetting that in one of these mugshots, he's wearing a f***ing, like, Beatles wig. What's up with this wig? Oh, yeah, he is. What? I, I, like, it, and they, they have the picture side by side. They have a picture of him with it and without it. Give me the backstory on this f***ing wig, Keith. What was he doing with this wig? Who was he pretending to be?
1: And how are they allowed to do a mugshot with a wig on that's not their real hair? Yeah, I mean,
0: why bother? I guess it's, like, because they took both because he's wearing the same shirt. So I assume he's, like, one with and one without. But I don't know why they bother with the width because they caught him. So it's not like they need to know what he looks like.
1: They got him already. This
0: wig is absurd too. It's a wig you would never believe anybody.
1: No, it looked like it was from Party City. Like it's a Halloween wig. It's not like a real one. Yeah, and it, and it's like
0: swoopy, like seventies, or like it's a it's a crazy wig. God, there's a lot of legwork to be a con man, right? Can we agree? There's a lot of work that has to go into it. A lot of lies that you have to keep juggling. Where the f- <laughs> In that time that that takes, did he find the time to, one, put on 200 pounds, but then to take it off? When when did he lose it, Kate?
1: I don't know. It's wild. I mean, I can't...
0: Just having a job in general is my excuse for why I don't exercise. Like, this guy's life is living a lie, and he found time to lose weight. It's wild. Are you
1: jealous? A little!
0: I'm a little jealous. I want to know what you did. But anyway, he looks wildly different. But yeah, he got married and had a kid, and he was supposedly a delivery driver. (laughs) And one time they're at home, and all of a sudden, 20 cops bust down the door. Turns out he had been fired from his job months before, and he had since been trying to get revenge, Eric Williams style. Swept in on his segue. He was torturing his boss to get even, quote unquote. And he was arrested for it, and he spent like 10 months in jail or something. Jennifer uses this time to divorce his ass while he's locked up. Because she's wanted to get out of this from the jump, but of course he's abusive and says like, I'll take the kid, right? He's always threatening, you leave me, I take the kid, whatever. She leaves him, and that's great. And for a few years, Jennifer doesn't hear from him. She thinks she's in the clear. That daughter now is six years old. They're living their life. They think they're good. Then Jennifer gets a call from her mom. And her mom goes, hey, guess who was just here? Uh, your ex-husband. That mother showed up on the doorstep of Jennifer's mom. And guess who was there? The kid. He talked to the kid. And is going, do you know who I am? I'm your daddy.
1: <gasps> yeah. But this part got weird because then Jennifer's saying that she couldn't drive home fast enough, that she just was so worried and had to drive home because he was going to take their kid. And I'm like, no, your mom called saying he left. He's not there anymore. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I I get her. But she's like, if I don't get there, he's going to leave and take her. And it's like, no, he already left. You're fine. You can stay at work. Yeah. (laughs) That's
0: a good point. And also the time she shaved for her analogy was, she's like, it was an eight minute drive. I did it in five. Okay, (laughs) cool lady. (laughs) I don't know. uh, uh, uh,
1: Okay. (laughs) You didn't hit a couple red lights.
0: Yeah, but she did. And she got her daughter and everything's good. And then he he leaves again. And then she finds out that he was trying to buy a single bus ticket with a child. So like, that was her fear of this whole time is that he said, I take the kid and leave. And so that's what he was cooking up. It looked like, right? Yeah. Okay. So now he is in the wind. We're looking for him. We don't, they find out that he's Jason Stedman, but he doesn't necessarily know that because they're looking for him. They don't find this (laughs) motherfucker. This guy walks into a jail and says, Hey, I'm the guy. Throw me in there. Like he gives himself up. They don't catch him. That's what's interesting, right? Is they do
1: not catch him. And where did he do that? Which jail did he walk into?
0: Seattle, I think. Seattle. I think, yeah. So he gives himself up. And again, we're going, what is this guy up to? What is he cooking up? Because he's up to something. Because you think about, like, why would this guy give himself up? And then it hits him. And it all starts to come together. Like these puzzles we love so much. And what does this puzzle say? This guy... Was planning all this from the jump. It turns out that he thought the only way that I can avoid this murder rap is if I go back to being Jason Stedman and do some hard time for a few months, and then I walk out of jail free man and nobody's the wiser. It almost worked. I mean, it, it sounds absurd, but it almost worked.
1: Yeah, he was trying to give himself the best alibi ever, being a different person in jail.
0: Yes. Now, okay, so because Jason Stedman goes to jail going, they don't know about me. They don't know that I'm really Robert Aubrey Maxwell. They think I'm Jason Stedman. They think I'm a deadbeat dad. They have no idea I'm a psycho murderer jet skier. So he's confident, right? He's at his sentencing as Jason Stedman. And he's like, oh, here we go. him in shackles, but I'm going to get a few months and I'll be out of here. No big deal. Federal agent stands up in the back, says, excuse me, judge, I've got a warrant here for his arrest as Robert Aubrey Maxwell. He's actually committed a double murder and I got to take him back to Canada. And they said his head just sunk. Right? So good. Oh, so
1: good. I ah, wish we could have seen that.
0: Oh my God. Yes. Especially because he doesn't react or answer anything. So to have that natural reaction of him being like, fuck. You know he's guilty. Like they got him. They got
1: him. Because if he had just looked confused or been like, what? But he was like, yeah. I'm caught.
0: Yeah. So his plan, for whatever reason, he had to get out of there. He decided to use this fake identity to kill Dwayne and have them chase that ghost while he goes and lives his life. So he just decided to pick Dwayne because he just didn't like the guy because it messed up his relationship with Angel, right? I mean, that's why the guy at the beginning of the story is dead, Dwayne. They they find his bones later in in a ditch.
1: So unnecessary.
0: So this means, and Keith is very clear to point this out, that both the detectives on both sides, they both agree that he purposely left the North Face hat and sheath at the murder scene because he knew that that DNA would be tied to Robert Aubrey Maxwell who is not him, technically. Mm-hmm. So he did that on purpose to mislead him. Yep. That's pretty good. It's pre- I mean, it didn't work. Look, it didn't work. But uh, I mean, it snaps for trying, I suppose.
1: It it worked initially.
0: Yeah. Okay, so he's busted, and they're trying to interview him in jail. The guy doesn't say a fucking word.
1: No, he keeps pleading the fifth over and over again. I can't discuss anything with you. I want to speak with my attorney. Okay.
0: Now, this is a question I have for you, Kate. They show repeated scenes of him ignoring them and them going... Well, we don't know if you're going to talk to us or you're just going to sit there. We don't know if you're sleeping or your eyes are shut or what. And I
1: don't know if you, when you close your eyes, if you're listening or if you're just meditating or, or what's going on there.
0: And my question to you is, he already said he wanted a lawyer, so why are they still talking? For five hours they did.
1: Yeah. Is it different in Canada?
0: It's got to be because he, does, he says, I'm not going to say anything without my, without my attorney. And then they have countless hours after that of them going... We don't know if you're sleeping. Are you sleeping? Right? It's weird.
1: It's a good Canadian accent.
0: Thanks, man. Thank you. Uh, What makes this so awesome, or such a great date line, is the incredibly complicated story, yes, but also the fact that what brought him down, yeah, he thought he was smarter than his own good, whatever. I just, I love that it was this girl that he was with for a little bit that busted him, and the fact that the guy's identity that he stole He was already in the system because he he was a drug addict and had arrests on his record. Mm -hmm. They were saying that, like, if he wasn't in the system, they never would have caught him. Never. Yeah. And I think not enough credits given to Angel. Because think about it. Every time somebody gets murdered, they go, does he have any enemies? Does anybody hate him? And you're always like, okay, no, 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 no. But she says, yeah, actually, this guy might. Turns out that was him. She nailed it.
1: All the women in this, they're the ones that... All-stars. Broke the case open for the police. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. There was still outstanding stuff, and look, I tried to do extra digging here. I didn't find and I didn't find anything in the articles that Dateline didn't say. I feel like Dateline is the source for those articles. I think it stems down to this f***ing guy doesn't want to talk, and it bugs me, because why not, dude? It'll make you famous, but, like, give us these deets. Yeah, like, who is he? Yes! Who is he? Oh! Oh! At one point, they tracked down his half-brother. At his half-brother, Chris Preston's apartment, who said he, Steadman we hadn't seen in nearly a decade, emailed him out of the blue. This brother! Uh, what'd you think of this brother, Kate? He,
1: this brother, he liked him, but he was also, I think, a little scared of him and knew what he was capable of.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I he was a little bit, he wasn't enjoying himself too much in the interrogation room, okay? But, he was tapping, he wouldn't stop tapping his f***ing fingers, okay? He's going, oh, sewers. Like, what, sewers? What the f*** are you talking about, sewers? Oh, he likes sewers. Tap, 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 tap. I'm thinking sewers. Sewers. I'm sorry. I would think sewers. Okay. Why do you say that? Just because he likes sewers. He likes sewers? Yeah. Okay.
1: But my question is, if they know who his half-brother is, why couldn't that half-brother have given them more information about who he is and what his birth name was?
0: You're right. His half-brother probably knows what his last name is, if they grew up together.
1: They share a parent.
0: Yeah. So, like, I mean, they could answer that right then and there. And they don't. They don't. Instead, they let this guy sit there and chomp on his gum and go, oh, he does love sewers, though. There might be a body down there. Now, guys, oh, wait, another hilarious thing is he reminds me of a Nick Kroll character where he's stringing together a lot of fancy-sounding phrases like as to where and if and addressing this and that.
1: I had no doubt that, you know, he had done and or been involved in and or, you know, been party to some form of leaf alley.
0: Okay. You know. Thanks, dude. All right, let's get this scholar out of here. <laughs> uh, all right, so, yeah, I mean, this guy... He's fucking busted, okay? Angel's living the life. Heather's living the life. This guy's in jail for life. Although it's in Canada, he's gonna get parole in 25 years.
1: That's a bad idea. Bad
0: idea, yeah.
1: Oh, and then also
0: they want any morsel of any connection to this guy that they can find. And they talked to some of his old roommates and the roommates were scared of him too. And in his room when he left, they found a bigger version like the big brother version of the machete that he used to kill Dwayne. So
1: he likes sewers and knives.
0: Yeah. He likes sewers.
1: Like, what? What? What?
0: I'm thinking sewers. Uh. All right, well, I'm sweating my ass off. This was a f***ing dope-ass episode of Dateline, and I gotta know Kate. Hit me with your list. Kate's Unnamed
1: List. All right, it's not a small town. It's all over the place. Is there a Florida connection? Yes. Jason did time in Florida at some point.
0: I think in the 90s, which again, so how old is this guy? If He's doing time in the 90s.
1: We have no idea. (laughs) We'll never know. Yeah. Does someone start crying and then apologize for crying and stop themselves? Yes. Kalia, she did.
0: Just under the wire too. I'm, I'm talking like in the last 30 seconds of the show, she gets it in. Yeah,
1: it counts. Does he come to visit in any particular way in your brain? Oh, sorry. That's okay.
0: Why do you think... Sorry, I didn't mean to derail your list, but I gotta ask you this question. Why does he even want a kid? Why does he want a kid at all? Why does he want that responsibility?
1: That would totally mess up his whole vibe. Trying to take that kid? Yeah. He can't keep, like, scamming and murdering if he's got a kid with him.
0: That would be my point, and I wonder if this ties into the narcissist or the sociopath angle where, like, that kid is a part of them, so they feel an ownership over them, and the idea of someone else being that owner of themselves or something. Do you know what I mean? Like it's an extension of them just scientifically because some of their DNA is in them.
1: Yeah, but then it's also the fact that he took Jennifer's name. It's like, well, if you're that (laughs) much of a narcissist, wouldn't you want everyone to have your name?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's another great question is this guy is now spending his life in prison with the last name of his ex-wife. I mean, Jason Stedman, we think this is this guy's name, right? That's not his name. We don't know. That's not his name. It it could be like Richard Brown or something.
1: Like we don't even we don't even know if it's Jason. We don't even know if it's Jason. I mean, I am assuming the half brother confirmed that it's always been Jason. But then why not tell us the last name? Where'd yeah. y'all
0: grow up? He told the brother that he got an identity from Holland from the dark web. No, you didn't, dude. You killed a drug addict who was down on his luck. You piece of shit. <laughs> and then you f***ing <laughs> lied to his grandma. That was probably him on the phone when they called and said, hey. Can we talk to Robert? Oh, this is Robert. I never want to talk to my family again. Okay, you're gonna believe this. And never bug me ever again. Sweet. Bye. Canada. That's it. All right. Now it's on to
1: Kurt. Kick, Kick, Kick ass list. Kick ass. List. Kick ass list.
0: I only have one thing that appeared on my list, Kate. But guess what? It happened twice. It happened twice. Something
1: out of a movie. Bingo.
0: The first one's in the fucking cold open. I don't even know if it's in the episode. If you'd scripted this for a movie. They would say this is far-fetched. And then Kalia says it. She says, it's like we're watching a movie.
1: It was crazy. It was like a movie. Right? I did it. And yet, no reference to Skyfall.
0: <laughs> That's true. I was so curious what the hell that was. It, it, it looked like the front page of like uh, the press kit that goes out for the movie.
1: Hmm. Does that make sense? I just thought it was the blue. Maybe. You probably have it. You can compare.
0: Yeah, I didn't see the blue trim, but now I feel like i got to go back and check.
1: Maybe it's a DVD.
0: Which is still cool. That's still part of my club. Look good on you for spotting it. I love that you're looking for blues. That's good. Keep those eyes open. Okay? Keep those eyes open.
1: Blues, bursts, babs, burbs.
0: (laughs) There you go. That's it. That's it. All right, so that's going to do it for this week. A top-notch dateline that I think we were due for because the last few I thought were week AF. They were just like standard ho-hum affair. Yeah. And this, this just had all the good stuff and we didn't even talk about KM. He had some great deliveries. Of course he did, right? Of course. He had a delivery on whatever that was awesome. Maybe
1: the current pulled it back into Canada. Whatever.
0: Next week, we'll be talking about the Thursday shorty, the end of the affair. I'm Kurt Money. I'm Caitlin. I'm Lester Holt for all of us. I'm Lester Holt. Good night. My girl is not rocked!